0: This podcast was made possible by Adult Time. We are huge fans of watching porn to get into the mood, but unfortunately, not all porn is created equal. So, where do you find good porn these days? We love Adult Time. Created by an award winning women filmmaker, Brie Mills, and dubbed the Netflix of Porn, Adult Time offers over 60,000 episodes and at least five new releases every day. And it properly supports the hardworking performers in the scenes. And for a limited time only, they have something special just for you. Right now, you can get one
1: week absolutely free. Go to adulttime.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's adulttime.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Go check it out. I'm Amy, sex
0: educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a
1: badass in the bedroom, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Oh, I know the episode number, 141. Wow, what, 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 how'd you do that? I don't know. My memory is somehow working. Our well, bra- I our can't brains. believe something's
0: working today in I our know. brains because both of us have been like, Barrr.
1: We're having one of those days where everything that we try to do... It's not working. Out, well, we so. had
0: a long bucket list of things that we had to get done today, and then we've had a, like a technical difficulty here. Yeah. Another thing we couldn't figure out there, and then interruptions and One
1: of those dogs days.
0: barking. And but you know what? We're here, and we're doing the intro for this amazing interview with a repeat guest melissa who is just incredible she's
1: incredible she's a therapist sex and relation well sex therapist she does all kinds of stuff on gender gender identity she's here to talk about trauma um, kink all kinds of stuff so uh yeah it's she's incredible and this is our our, actually the only guest we've had is been uh a third
0: yeah this is the third time we visit
1: and we'll have her again next year oh yeah she's great so uh, we are going to dive into the podcast shortly. Uh, I'm going to read a testimonial. We got a really awesome testimonial from a listener. Uh, I think it actually came in today. Dearest listener who is awesome who sent us this testimonial. They say, my partner of 10 years has never really liked oral sex. I love going down on her and while she would... And when, when, when she would let, or sorry, while she would let me, it would only be for a minute or two. I tried all I could think of, but nothing worked. Finally, I started listening to your show and really focused on the oral pleasure podcasts. I would mention things you both said and would get a, well, that's interesting response. A couple of weeks ago we were playing and I told her I really wanted to try some of the things that I learned. She agreed. And I started with a massage, rubbed her entire body from head to toe. I took things really slow. When I finally moved things between her legs i gave her a nice pussy hug and she loved it the pussy hug is a regular part of our foreplay now i went slower than slow and then slower than that she didn't stop me she didn't say it was ticklish or too sensitive and i gave her her first oral orgasm her first oral orgasm ever we owe it all to you two and your wonderful guests. Thank you.
0: That's really awesome. The, the, I'm telling you, that pussy hug, that pussy hug is, is really nice. The aftercare too, yeah. with like pr- prior to and then aftercare with the pussy hug is awesome. Pussy hug aftercare,
1: going slower than slow than slower than that, and then also this whole exploration of the whole body. Yeah, it sounds like there also
0: just wasn't this
1: pressure. It was all the things. It was all the things in encompass in this wonderful session.
0: And I, I will just give a. a really short confessions. So the slower than slow thing for me doesn't work all the time. Sometimes I need to go faster. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be like, Hey, come on, let's pick it up. Well, I for- say
1: slower than slow to me is like initial. Yeah. Right. It's like, if you just come on my body, and you just start rubbing me really quickly. I'm going to desensitize and disappear. Well, so it's, it, there's, there's a time and a yeah. place for fast and hard. I'm not saying that that's not valid.
0: Well, I just also, I need some, uh, I like, I like kissing yeah, I and I need kissing. it. Yeah. So if someone just goes straight for the genitals or the titties, my nips, it's not happening.
1: Like, what about the rest of this body, motherfucker? Like, Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm a big kiss. And this is a something that we hear a lot in long-term relationships. One of the first things to go out the window often is is making out. And people love that and
0: crave that. I mean, even in casual hookups sometimes. Well, actually, a lot of uh, female uh, – well, let me say vulva-owning humans biologically – it, they need kissing. It's some it's part of their I think it was in Emily Nagowski's book talking yeah. about kissing as as actually one way to biologically turn on some of the other parts of the body
1: yeah i'm i'm a, again a huge fan my last relationship i was in for five and a half years we never stopped kissing or making out that never left that was like that's always always really present we we're also always on a roller coaster so maybe that's why we're back <laughs> yeah we're gone. We're back. yeah this is confusing but at least we're still making out um but i mean yeah that that is a really important thing for for me and if um and i can't say everyone's different you know, of course but
0: and I also wanted to just shout out to all of our Australian listeners, and I hope you're all okay in the fires that are going on there. Oh, yeah. So you were scary. just going to call us some folks in Australia. I just was on a call, a business call with some Australia folks, and they said it's very smoky. And we've been in that boat before. The California oh, yeah. uh, fires have always been a situation. So if you are listening and in Australia, I hope that you are safe and I uh, wish you the best. And do all the koalas and kangaroos. I know all the animals. I know. Help and us. And I'm supposed to go to Australia, I think, in March. It's potential, and I can't bring Leggy.
1: Sorry, Ledge. He's been a little shit today, so. I know. I don't Love know where, to where I'm at. Maybe I'll just, you know, put him up for adoption at that point.
0: I think, I'll try. dog sit. I'll dog
1: sit. I know. Just get him fully potty trained first, and then he can oh, come over it's to been it. Auntie Amy's house. All right, we have a sex question. My wife and I are trying to make things work after she had an affair. We are great friends and most of our life is wonderful. However, the sex is not so great. She really enjoyed the sex with her hot affair partner and would love to have great sex with me, but we just have not had a great time with intercourse specifically. When I have an erection, it stands straight up and super stiff. I have minimal range of motion. I can move it maybe 90 degrees downward and less than 45 to the right and left. She says that when I penetrate, it's painful or uncomfortable missionary is the best position for me because of this, but this is also boring for her and I can't give her what she truly wants in this realm. I want to know if there's anything I can do about this. Is there a way to control how far my erection goes? Are there stretches for flexibility? I'm desperate and really want to fix this. This is a very interesting question to me. I, am going to start with Um, I not going to feel like I have the perfect answers to these because this is, I'm, it's a very unique question and I'm um, intrigued by it. That's why I was like, we gotta, we gotta dive into this question. Yeah. Um, so what I'm hearing is this person has, well, there's an affair. Um, there's wife said I had great sex with this other person. not so much here. Um, an erection that is standing straight up. So it's completely perpendicular from the body.
0: Right. So I was picturing it almost next to the belly button. Oh, and you're
1: picturing that kind of straight up. I,
0: that's what I was picturing. I, I was know. thinking
1: straight up. Like he, okay. Like a this perpendicular
0: per- You're thinking perpendicular, not parallel. Yeah. So like I was thinking parallel straight up could be when, two different things. Yeah. Okay, read that part again, though. Real okay, quick? so we'll go back here. <laughs> Listener, you
1: might need to email us
0: again. Yeah, um, <laughs> can you? So no, I, don't send us a picture. Just email yeah, yeah. Us, can a can description? You send us a picture
1: of your dick <laughs> to April Lamper. At just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when I have an erection, it stands straight up and is super stiff. I have minimal range of motion. I can move it maybe ninety degrees downward and less than forty-five to the left or right.
0: So I was thinking it like this, but maybe because. Let's think of what would be more uncomfortable In that they could only this do way.
1: if it's going up. To like because
0: if it's missionary style, think about how you enter when it's missionary style. You kind of put it like you you, you, you would curve it like this, right? So you're saying that if it's curved up and it stands straight up and it it's It probably like, hurts because it probably maybe hits your part of like the top of your... Um, a uh, vaginal canal in such a way.
1: But you're saying it's curved up as if it was a toy that was curved. Not up.
0: curved, uh, that it's standing sticking straight sticking up. straight up. But
1: you're saying towards the face as opposed to up towards Like, right, straight out. I feel like straight out out
0: would be.
1: Oh my God, listener, you need to email us again so you can tell us what you were talking about here um, because this is hard for me to I mean,
0: you might be right. I just, that's how I initially. I don't know. I have no idea.
1: I was, but I was like, so that was one of my questions like, okay, well, what's happening here? But okay, there's a couple things that came up for me. The person is specifically asking. Uh, can they control how far their erection goes so maybe far maybe you're right it is straight up towards the face cuz it's going that's a really far that erection's moving and you're
0: like Brr, mm-hmm.
1: and it yeah. goes all the way up but they can move it down because
0: that would be more out of the norm that would be atypical right because yeah. most directions go kind of straight out well not or, straight up or, or
1: they have like a little curve a little bit too but as people get older and they age the erection Gravity goes is... down oh, and yeah. then it can go straight up perpendicular and then it can actually go downward even more um, hmm. also it's top heavy cocks you mm, know like yeah. bigger cocks they don't go straight up they're hanging out like either hanging out with a perpendicular or kind of hanging downward too or they have like a you know kind of will go out outward around the base but then it will bro, droop on the bottom right so everyone is really different but i think what regardless of the of the direction you maybe you can send us a follow-up email with more information on no no dick pics please but um with more information but they're asking to how, how do they can potentially control how far the direction goes and if there's stretches for flexibility so, in terms of stretching, here's what I was thinking about. You remember... You My old about, college roommate? Yeah,
0: your friend who, If he's listening, you know who you are. I don't he, think he listens, The but. one who
1: used to get a wet t-shirt and, like, no, hang it... No, it was a it, towel. Towel. Yeah. And they would put it on their hard cock and hang it there and do, like, Kegel exercises. Right.
0: Would do push-ups in the mirror. One, or two. And b- I
1: know that you, one would traditionally think... <laughs> sorry. I just have to say... The dogs just walked in, and we're just not sure how they got in. Open the door, and <laughs> this is such a weird day. Um, okay, but anyways, so I think people think that when you do these k- strengthening exercises, going to make things stiffer and firmer. But in fact, what I think they do is they give you more control. Okay. Of the muscle structure. Control? Well, no, the muscle structure oh, okay. too. Yes, ejaculatory control, erection, you know, erectile step, but of, of the muscle structure. And so I'm just curious about that, if this person actually did more stretches or more worked more on the muscle structure, if they might actually have more control of the flexibility What of would it. that look
0: like, doing the wet, the wet towel thing? So you
1: can do kegels, which is like the tightening and releasing of the pelvic floor muscles. So it's like as if you're stopping the flow of urine, you're, you're in your mid-pee, and April's about to walk in the room, and you're like, ah, you don't want her to see, and you clench to tighten the, the urethra. Yeah. Um, and so that, and then the release, the clench and release is a, is a kangle So do that or to throw the wet towel on there too, to add weight to it. But so I, again, I don't have the perfect answer to this. These are just some ideas that mm-hmm. came up. Again, people think that when we uh, work on the muscle structure, that means it's going to be stiffer when really I think it just gives us more control over
0: the muscle structure. I have something to add, which yeah. I'm, don't Go interrupt ahead. you. Oh yeah, you're fine. Uh, I, I think that, and, and not regarding actual, um, ability to to shift how your erection is controlled it more has to do with the affair portion because I think that it 's great that you're you 've tried to work it out and that it seems like you're having sex again however, it seems like there 's still some stuff there that may need to be worked out maybe with a therapist or between the two of you yeah. regarding like the sex that was had and and, and it could also be uh it probably doesn 't feel super good that that every time you go to have sex with your partner, there's this idea that the sex that they were having or she was having with this better. person yeah, was yeah. better. I mean, that can't feel good. And that also probably needs to be addressed on some level. I'm also curious about...
1: You know, where he's like this person's like my, something wrong with my body, and there's nothing wrong with your body, by the way. But what about her body? You know, like what about the maybe she has um, the a twisted, was a tilted it t- uterus, tilted uterus, yeah. yeah. So maybe there's something there in her in her vaginal canal that you know. It's not saying that you you two aren't still aren't going to work well together, but you just maybe haven't found out the magic fit based on your anatomy, and it might be her anatomy, it might not necessarily just be yours.
0: And depending on if they have a sex regularly, like a few times a week, or if it's just once a month, and maybe there's been times where it's painful because her cervix has dropped and so the way that the sex is hitting her body i mean i've had painful sex with people before and i've realized that it was just our bodies weren't necessarily meant to be I wasn't meant to be penetrated by them at certain times and yeah. I didn't know w- I didn't Promotally. have enough sex yeah and there's a lot of things how long is your cock
1: you know is your cock super long there is the o nut which is the oh, thing yeah. that you can put on the base of your cock so if your cock's actually hitting that it's really long it's hitting the, her cervix or if, if her cervix is really low the o nut is me wearing the base um, it's like a stopper like a stopper so there's that one there's what kind of movements are you doing are you doing a lot of thrusting or maybe more grinding is is more helpful um and then I'm also curious about if you use a hand too on your cock you said it can actually it can move the angle can change a little bit instead of just going handless and doing the movements if you have a hand on the base and you're always kind of
0: tilting it in a certain direction and if that could help what about a shaft vibrating cock ring if your partner the vulva owning portion of your partnership if she enjoys vibration that could be like a clitoral stimulator you could put a shaft cock ring on and like grind on like the atom from atom atom from hot octopus that's a great toy for grinding on people that like external stimulation missionary style or yeah. on top so that could be a, a, like a, at least some sort of tool to help them and enjoy well also trying propping pillows under her
1: um, the liberator her pelvis thing. yeah or even under your pelvis just tr- getting creative trying all these different things yeah there's a liberator wedge um, they have that purepleasureshop.com, also the Adam, and you get 15% oh, yeah. off oh. with coupon code Shameless Sex. But um you can pre or you try these things, prop a pillow under there, and sometimes it's just this simple change of the tilt of the ut- of the pelvis of your pelvis or theirs that change is a game changer. And then last thing that I had was the um the deuce harness, which we talked about in the last yeah. podcast, or maybe the podcast before, which is a harness that you can wear and the top holds it's the deuce D E U C E by Spare Parts. Again, Pure Pleasure has that. The top hole is for the dildo and you put any size dildo in there. So you can find the perfect dildo. That is the perfect angle for her, her pussy. And then your cock could be in the hole on the bottom and you can still have stimulation with hands and things on there too.
0: Do you think a cock ring like the Adam plus, which is designed to fit shaft and balls would kind of help because it has like the, and you would pull the, the top cock
1: down. Yeah.
0: I was just thinking that. I don't, I don't, we I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You could try that. It's, it's not, it's a $99 sex toy. Then you get 20, you get 15% off. Yeah. Uh, at, she, uh, pure, I can't even say I can't it. talk today. I can't talk. Pure you know, pleasure. you've roller heard roller it girl. before, but Adam plus is a double motored cock ring. And that could, cause it is a large motor because you place it around the balls and the shaft. So it could help pull down. I'm curious about that. Yeah. Because you're, it's connected to your
1: balls. And so maybe it would pull it away from your body and keep it in place. Right. That's if what, we're talking, if we are talking about it being an issue where it is straight up, meaning pointing at your face, right. right. That could help. See, but this is like, again, we started this sex session with, we don't have all the perfect answers. I just feel like
0: straight up is that and straight out would be that. This is straight
1: right. out. I think it was a perpendicular, if it was straight out. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So that's so a dick pic. Just <laughs> yeah, right. Right. At this point, we yeah. probably need one. At this
0: point, we actually need a dick pic. Yeah. And, but honestly, the Adam Plus might, when you were talking about the deuce, I was like, that would work. And then I just thought of how the Adam Plus is on the penis. Like when I've seen it on a penis and used it, it does sort of because it's it at the, to- the top of the shaft and it kind of does pull it down. Yeah. You'd have to just try it though.
1: Yeah. So. Try some
0: things out, get creative.
1: And I, don't, I mean, I'm not hearing that it's the end of the world. I like what April said about doing the work around the affair I and mean, just make sure that you don't take this all on as your problem. This is not a problem and it's not all yours. Like this is a communal effort between the two of you and and, and that, you know, there is an affair that happened and there might be something in the shape of, of your wife's body too that, um, you know, I can't... Say exactly what she should do or needs to do, but it don't. It's not all you. You're. I think we really appreciate you reaching out. Okay. Um, let's read a bio. So with Melissa Fritchley, LMFT is a holistic sex therapist and award-winning sex educator with a private practice in Santa Cruz, California. She's also a certified mindfulness meditation teacher and is working on a second book, The Body as Guru. She's the author of the Conscious Sexual Self Workbook and writes the pleasure activism blog for Transform. For transformational pleasure, founder and director of Trauma-Informed Sex Positive Therapy Training, she promotes inclusive sexual health around the world. To learn more, visit mf-therapy.com, and let's dive in. But first. Mm-hmm. Did you know that a lot of vitamins have mystery additives, synthetic fillers, and shady extras that your body doesn't need? Your body is your temple, so it's important to know what you are putting inside of it. This is why we love Ritual. Ritual offers clinically proven, science-backed multivitamins for women with carefully chosen absorbable nutrients for your precious body.
0: I've been taking Ritual vitamins for over a year now, and I've never felt more like a boss. It's gentle on my stomach and great for obsessive label readers like me. Ritual uses vegan certified, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients, and their sources are out there for the whole world because they believe you deserve to know what you're putting in your body. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Go to ritual.com backslash shameless sex and start your daily ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com backslash shameless sex, y'all. And now back to
1: the show. All right, everyone! It's episode time. We have returned guest Melissa Fritchley, and we are in person. We love in person episodes. Yay. She lives <laughs> in Santa Cruz, and we love Santa Cruzians. It's so hard to find people to record with in person because nobody lives here.
0: Not a lot of people live here. The last yeah. time you was you were on was May, right? Of, last of summer, twenty nineteen. Okay. I think
2: it was July because yeah. I just
0: got Legend. Oh.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, so it was July. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, summer. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I still it- lived in my little my. My house. No, she came here. I did come here. Yeah. Oh, you came here. Yeah, but we're, we were, where did, did, we did you come three, to my house? This is our third time. Oh, this is the third time. She's a third, third return guest. Oh, oh wow. wait, you might be
2: the only third
0: return guest. I Ooh. think so. <laughs> and that's because there's a there's a, such a huge need for what your work entails yes. and what you're doing, and we'll talk about more about that for sure. But it's like it's ne- you're needed yeah you're needed so three times third time's a charm Thank but you. the yeah. other, two, the were other charm- two were charming, charming too so <laughs> they're all charming
1: so um yeah we, we already did the intro and talk we're, we're going to dive deeper into trauma um we have some sex questions here from listeners and uh i think we've talked about this on of course past ta- po- past podcasts we're talking about ssris and depression mm-hmm. and all these right. different things too and um, and in that we're talking about trauma and that a lot of these things, the anxiety and depression are coming from, mm-hmm. from right. trauma. Right. And I love what you shared and I, I, mean, we can dive in, in deeper. I'm sure you have a lot to share about this, but when you were here, got here, you shared the, the piece of that. A lot of folks think that when you do the trauma work that you can't do the, the, like the sexy work of like the ways I want to play and that they have right. to be separate. Right. Can you share a little more about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely within my field of, you know, psychotherapy, I was really frustrated to find that there was sort of the split in these different communities. There was the trauma community that was really looking at things like sex has to be safe. And often, you know, oftentimes they had a monogamy kind of bias. Um And sort of the traditional model of trauma treatment was that you go through several stages and at the final stage of healing, you get to address sexual issues. And
1: you get to find the other. Right.
2: And it was just really frustrating and really sad. And then I would find this, you know, the other community, the sex positive community that sort of wanted to like maybe sort of step around trauma and sort of say, we're not really dealing with trauma We're you know, we're just dealing with the fun stuff and the, how to make sex more positive and feel more empowered. Um, And so I've been really motivated in the last few years to say, we need to bring these things together and we can, there's really no reason not to. And I think the more we start to understand trauma healing and trauma treatment, the more I've been seeing that, you know, we heal when we feel safe and comfortable And I actually think that we learn things more deeply when we're enjoying ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? When we're feeling pleasure, when we're connected to our body. And what better place to do that than around our sexuality? Mm -hmm. And so what I'm finding with my clients and, you know, with people that I'm training is that when we start to bring in sexual skill building and sexual empowerment and just the environment that says you get to have fun while having sex now, not some future time in which you've got all your shit figured out, right, but now you get to start having fun, um, then people are finding that they can connect more to their bodies, that they're they're able to actually do more of the trauma healing, too, because they're learning a way to feel um, relaxed, but... Like I think there's a really interesting thing about sex where you get this tension, right? You get to have relaxed tension, which is something I talk about a lot, which is something that we need to learn how to manage in life in general, Mm -hmm. right? How to feel excited and maybe a little nervous and, you know, a little bit of an edge, but also knowing that we're safe and relaxed and in connection with our body and present. Um, And so sex can be this really perfect place to start to learn those things and as a catalyst
0: and it's i think trauma depending on the severity too isn't a switch that's ever going to just be able to be turned off completely right so waiting to fix yourself from the trauma or which no one you know is broken right there's only some healing like you were talking about but i think that's a great point to why why wait you could be waiting a long time because you're never feeling the level that you thought you would feel even when you're doing the work. So incorporating the two is really, I think genius and, and I can't believe it hasn't been really done or, or there's been any, any more folks out there kind of combining the two practices. So I'm glad that you are. I mean, I'm
2: hopefully, I think we're seeing it more and more just in general that, um, Sexual health and sexual healing is becoming more a part of psychotherapy in general. I mean, when we're talking about earlier generations, those things were sort of separate on their own um, because people didn't have sex. Right. You I mean, mean, no one <laughs> was doing it. It was just a compartmentalized <laughs> yeah. thing. that it was we don't just talk for about. babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. How are babies
0: made? Right.
2: Oh, a stork delivers <laughs> right. them. Yes. We got the stork story. The stork. Yes. But I love your point too that you know trauma is is unfortunately such a part of our culture and it doesn't mean that we're broken and it doesn't mean that we have to wait for anything, right? It just is, it means that there are certain things that you want to be more tender with yourself about and more aware of as you step into them. But, you know, I think the models that we're looking at around trauma too are trauma isn't a specific event, You know, we used to think that trauma meant a particular abuse or physical thing that happened to you or, you know, or a series of things, but we can experience trauma, especially around sexuality, just by living in a culture that doesn't make us feel safe, Mm -hmm. right? Because of how we look, because of the body that we're in, because of the way that our sexuality expresses itself, not feeling safe for an ongoing period of time is itself a trauma. So that's A massive amount of people, of Mm -hmm. course, right? None of us are alone in experiencing trauma or feeling unsafe. And so, so much to me about sexual empowerment is about overcoming that and and reclaiming our own safety in whatever way we have to, within the realities of of the world we live in, unfortunately.
1: Do you work with... um I know that you you do a lot of work with gender identity you work with trans folks with body dysmorphia
2: i do yeah. that was
1: the thought that came to me when you're talking about like there might not be one traumatic experience but you're living trying to fit in a culture that doesn't allow for your expression uh, and and you don't identify with the body that you're in right um, and so that was the, what came up for me is i mean that what what a challenging place to be in right and what probably a lot of I'm sure that's a lot of, uh, that's, it's challenging work to do with them, of course, Too to, to like, I don't I mean, what do you do? It's well, big piece, right? I mean,
2: right. I mean, it's, it's so much about acknowledging, you know, I mean, I think we don't want to minimize that for many people, just walking outside the door is unsafe, mm-hmm. right? You don't know how people are going to respond to you, how you're going to be seen, um, whether that's because something's invisible within you, like it, it isn't seen, like, um, being gay or lesbian or bi, which someone might not see, you know, mm-hmm. they don't read it, um, or whether they are seeing something that your, you know, your gender presentation isn't typical, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so knowing that people are having to armor themselves and walk out in the world and feel unsafe and, and that that has an effect, um, on the way that they, can then find safety within themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and so I think a lot of the therapy work is one first acknowledging that and really honoring and saying, you are not wrong mm-hmm. right that this is this is traumatizing and it's unfair and it's not okay, um and then secondarily saying, and we can find places where you do feel safe mm-hmm. let's Let's figure that out where you have moments of being safe, whether it's a home that you create, it's it's a community that you create, it's a relationship that you create. Maybe it's at the beginning, only the therapy office, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but finding those moments to f- remember what safety feels like to feel into that in your body um, so that then it can become a place where you return to, you know, more often.
0: And I would, I would love to encourage folks out there listening. And this is something that just came up for me thinking about folks that are non-binary or they're, you know, just their gender non, they don't have a gender identity really. They're not sure. And I've been in so many situations over the course of my, especially my sex positive career where I've heard people, you know, stare at someone mm-hmm. and then say something that I was like, no, don't make a judgment. Mm-hmm. Who cares if they're he or she, or they if, they, if they have long hair, boobs, and a beard, like right. what, there's nothing to, to see. Are they harming you? And so I just want to encourage and invite folks out there if you do see someone that is uh, like atypical to something you're not used to, or someone that looks different than, than you, or maybe you're not sure, it doesn't matter what you think and release the judgment of who they are. And how about accepting and smiling and not caring what their identity is because We're celebrating, celebrating. Yeah. We
2: all get these options, you know, how amazing that we could all just be different Exactly, we're yes. all
1: different. Yeah, it's so yeah, funny. We exactly. like pretend like we're all the same. We mm-hmm. should be. Like, who the fuck came up with that shit?
0: Because right. that is not what's happening. No, and, and I think, I, and I love adding, the different the differences. It in, makes us in in beautiful, this colorful rainbow.
1: And adding to that piece is like. People are going to judge, you know. I think it can be natural for humans to judge. It's what you do with it. It's the energy that you put up. Yeah, it's the energy that you do with it. And and what I'll say is, like, if you feel judgment and discomfort on someone, also maybe asking yourself, like, why is this so uncomfortable for me? Instead of Mm -hmm. just being like, I feel, and therefore it is. You know, like. Get, like ask just inquire about your internal landscape like well huh, why why am i having such a hard time with this person that's different from me is it mm-hmm. my upbringing is it the messages i had just cuz they're different cuz i don't understand right. and i think there's a lot available there yeah
2: well, I think there's that's a big key to empowering yourself is realizing we've been taught to be afraid yeah. of a whole bunch of things. The world is so scary. Right, that that we don't actually need to be afraid of. Right, yeah. but but the message has been there that we do and that like reclaiming our own empowerment to say you know we can we can manage like things we don't know. We can manage like being surprised. We can, you know, move through the world in a way that doesn't have to be fear based, yep. you know, it's, but Absolutely. that's easier said than done. Easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I you think know? of the people
1: that are doing the trauma work and it's such an uphill battle for so many, maybe not everyone. Some people can, could probably be overnight, mm-hmm. but it's so, like what you're saying. There's not a hierarchy of trauma. It doesn't have to happen one way. where you just have this one event, you know, right. can be just being in existence and, and it's not an easy journey and, and, you know, n- not to, I mean, you can try to do it alone, but I would guess your advice is to like get support.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't think you should have to do it alone and, and just being witnessed is a big piece of the healing. Um, and I would say, you know, I mean, that's an interesting thing. You know, we have this thing about trauma, like it is hard work, hard work. And, um, and that, that is true to a certain degree, but what I'm I want to invite people to think about more is that, um, it's slow work Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. but it could actually be slow and very gentle. I see a lot of clients that come to therapy for the first time and they're thinking like, this is going to be all about me just sobbing for days and days and it's going to be endless and it has to be a painful. Um, and what I would say about that is actually, um, doing work from a place again, where you can stay mindful and safe and don't feel overwhelmed is a key piece of doing it. Like you don't push yourself Mm -hmm. into feeling scared again or overwhelmed. Like your therapist, your support person, your coach, whoever it is, your partner, um, ideally is going to help you find this balance where you're touching in on the pain, you know, and you're able to address it, but you're also feeling like in this moment right now, I'm safe Mm -hmm. in this moment right now. I can look at this pain and, be received and, you know, accept myself and breathe
0: and not feel completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And that's what it really is, right? It's the acceptance of yourself. That's what kind of the healing really is. Because I always, uh, I'm the instant gratification human, right? And so (laughs) when I start touching in on some of the painful experiences, maybe the trauma that I've had in my childhood to my teenage years, I'm always like, when is it going to be done? When am I going right. to be good with this? And I realize it's maybe, maybe I'll never be completely over it. It's just, I have to accept myself for those things and know that, that I'm awesome. And it's like, like falling deeply in love with yourself. Absolutely. No matter what's happened to you. Yes. And that you're okay. Like yeah. you will, you will get through
2: this and, um, it isn't where we want to be necessarily in those hard moments. Um, but to, to slow back, slow down, and be kinder to ourselves yeah. rather than harder. And I think the model that we've got, and it's kind of a cultural model, but it also, you know, is sort of just a human model. Is like push and be hard, and you know, do the right thing. Be We're going to get through this, yeah. right? Yeah. Like um, again, it's this idea that there's something to like get to, in which you're now okay, rather than like you're actually okay, and this is life. Um, but we also have this interesting model, and it's kind of that the Puritan mindset that we, you know, have in this country, where if we're suffering, we feel like we're doing something wrong, we're mm-hmm. failing. Um, and I think there's, you know, part of Buddhist psychology, and part of this, the work is actually suffering is a part of our lives. You know, I would say almost all of us have had trauma of some kind. We certainly are all grieving <laughs> right now, in particular in the state of our world. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, we will all have things we will grieve. We will all have things that happen to us that we didn't want. And that doesn't mean that you're failing in any way, right? It's it's, it's part of life. And so being kind to ourselves and saying, like we coming back to the beginning, I still get to actually also be happy Mm -hmm. and also enjoy my life and also dance and play and do all those things while also saying, and there's these really sad things Mm -hmm. that I'm healing that I'm working
0: through All of it. And experiencing those things help you feel the vibrations and the great energy of the good stuff so much more deeply, at at least. And I'm a true believer, and call this wooey or whatever it is, that our ancestral DNA, like our DNA is composed of all of this trauma that we inherit upon our birth. When we come out of the vagina, it's like you're already a little bit carrying some of the trauma from our ancestors depending on what happened. And there's a lot of human Shitty things that have happened, from the Catholic Inquisition to the the genocide of the natives. I mean, I have it. I have
1: so this thing I've probably talked about here. I have a weird thing with with sleep, Mm -hmm. and um and my mom. So my mom had a my mom has probably said, hi mom love you, and she's very open about her sexual trauma. She had a lot of sexual trauma when she was a kid, Mm -hmm. and always happened at night. And so Mm -hmm. sleep is a weird thing for her too. You know, there's like a you know a a scariness that comes with it. Although I guess it's better now. She did a lot of EMDR work, Mm -hmm. and um and And so I've always had it as well. I was always terrified when I was younger. And so I'm not sure, you know, was this someone that come out of the the womb with this already? Or was this something that I just witnessed her her fear and like felt it? Mm -hmm. Even though I didn't hear her say, I'm scared at night, but there was something that, and I, you know, nature and nurture all these pieces here too. But I mean, I would believe in in all of that. And which brings me to the point like the brilliance of the, body yeah. and so I know the work that you do is very embodied, mm-hmm. very mindful, mm-hmm. um in that when we speak about trauma, I have the book here, you know the body keeps the score here, mm-hmm. you know, that the yeah. body holds in the information, you know, it right. remembers and then it reacts accordingly, whether you're feeling anxiety, depression, your body tightens up. Um we have the sex question here about someone with vaginismus. Mm-hmm. I said that right, maybe yeah. I should ask that right now. Should we go or do you want to add something let's, it yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: let's we'll get to that. I yeah. mean I I think that this, one of the things about experiencing trauma is that it, it can cause us to feel like we can't trust our body, Mm, right. Or that our body isn't a safe place to be in because Mm. it experienced pain or victimization. Um, It's not mine. It's not mine or just, yeah, like it's, it's scary to be here. And so a lot of trauma healing is coming back into the body um, and saying like finding the ways that the body is a place that you can trust. You can trust its own instincts, mm-hmm. right? Um, and pleasure is one of the ways we do that, mm-hmm. right? Like finding that access to the the fact that your body has such amazing potential to feel pleasure, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a huge gift that we get to go around in. Even, you know, I remember um after surgery one time, you know, I was not feeling good in my body. My body wasn't feeling like a super great place to be. I was still in the hospital post surgery and eating like this ice cold blueberry you know, that my partner had brought for me. And I was just like, wow, even in this moment, I can have pleasure. Mm -hmm. Right. My body is giving me access to that. That's amazing. Like what an amazing ally I have here, you know? So, trauma healing work for me is often connecting people back to simple pleasure first, right, potentially. Um, and for some people, sexual pleasure has been available. It's been one place where they had pleasure throughout their life, you know, because there's this intensity that's, that was there and present for them. So trusting yourself either way, you know, whether you felt like sexual pleasure was absent or whether it felt very present, um, both of those places are places that are good to turn to. In learning to say our body's an ally, it's an okay place to be, you know, and then what I hear from people a lot is they say like, you know, a lot lot of times the trauma response is my my heart might want to have sex, but my body reacts as though I don't, Mm -hmm. right, which is vaginismus is an example, so we can maybe get more specific to that. But I think, so a lot of times people are like, my body's lying, you know, is the way that they frame that. And it's, it's not that your body's lying. It's that your body's asking you to go a little slower. Mm-hmm. Your body is um, being maybe a little hyper aware, hyper alert, you know, but it's saying like, let's make sure that things are okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't trust your heart and your mind. you saying, I want to be with my partner right now. You know, I want to be with this person right now. I want to be sexual right now. But if your body is responding with fear, that's just a sign to say like, okay, we just need to reassure the body a little. We might need to slow down a little, mm-hmm. right? Make, make sure that we're checking, you know, our list that things do feel safe and secure and that you feel like you can trust and you feel like you can communicate. Um, so there's a sort of a new way of having to be in communication mm-hmm. with your body. And a lot of times people can get frustrated with that because yeah. it can feel slow.
0: feels like it's a lot to do with presence. I mean, you would bringing back to the blueberry. Anyway. It's being there and not thinking about maybe the past experience right then and tapping into that and not the future of what could happen, but like tapping into that moment of what you're experiencing and being just completely present. which we talk a lot about because, and that's what anxiety is, right? It's the fear of what if, what if, what if you're not here. And then, Mm -hmm. and then there's so many levels of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And depressions, a lot of, of that same sort of, of, uh, the, the downward spiral of almost the things that were Mm -hmm. right. So it's like these two opposite things. So like the presence, and I love that blueberry, um, analogy because I really did feel like your pain of, of the, the hospital, and then the, the sensation of eating just—I know—I felt like blueberry. I got a
1: cold blueberry in my mouth. I know, <laughs> oh, I gosh. really tapped into that. So that's
0: really—that's really—that's great. When info. It, and you're
1: talking about also the practices—is—is. Uh, is, uh, can be outside of sex. It's like these little yes. ways. It's like yeah, I love what you're saying that it's the presence. It's the slowing down. Mm-hmm. It's you know staying open to all the little ways that you can feel your body again, feel joy, feel pleasure, yeah. um, and I think a lot of people get set on it being one way, especially when it comes to sex. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like. There's orgasm and extreme pleasure and then there's not. You know, there's my right. body's turned off, it's it's numb or it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and they you know even with that, there's like these little in-betweens of like what's just the subtle sensation. Oh, just a little tingling, right. a little yes. warmth.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. What is what's the softest place on your body? Find mm-hmm. that. You know, what's the warmest place right now? What is that little what you know, what part of your partner's body right now smells really good to you? Like all of these things are are focusing. Things that bring you into pleasure. It doesn't have to be about, you know, and someone can be just as detached during a really intense orgasm as somebody who feels that they're numb and aren't feeling anything, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, for me, the body has been the place to be mindful. It's so much easier, you know, sitting, I'll, I do sit and do mindful meditation mm-hmm. in that way um, and try to clear my thoughts and, and whatnot. But uh, it 's most effective for me if i 'm feeling in my body mm-hmm. that 's what gets me here, it gets me present, it gets me aware and I think that 's true for a lot of people yeah. right? um, i, I 'm a certified mindfulness meditation teacher as well, and I know that that 's being you know, put out there right now as sort of a panacea. Mm-hmm. Um, mindfulness will help with everything, mm-hmm. and you know what we find for a lot of people who do have you know, traumatic memories is having to sit in your own mind is really not that comfortable a place. Mm-hmm. But you can be mindful in the body and in sensation. Mm-hmm. And that might be an easier place to start. It's certainly um, often compelling, right, to f- be able to feel a touch on your skin or a sensation that you like or a taste that you like. Um, so I really encourage people to think about just being, taking the present moment with your body, mm-hmm. right? And that will lead to better sexual sensation as well right any awakening of sensation can lead to enjoying that more so is your
1: advice to folks let's say they're in a you know in a partnership and they feel like they have a lot of trauma and that their body is in a safe place so they're they're not really connected to it is some of your advice to them is to develop their own self and self-care practices so that it's not just relying on this other person to do it for them
2: Absolutely. Right. To take that time. And again, that more subtle touch with yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's easier to be mindful and aware when it's just you in the room that you're all thinking about. And then you're, you know, when you're trying to do this with a partner and things are moving and you're doing this and they're touching you and, you know, and you've got communication to do. um, It's a lot more complicated. Mm -hmm. So to go back to this simple, just connecting to your body, Mm -hmm. you know, even, and for a lot of people, it's very challenging of just like really take a mindful shower when you shower in the morning, Ooh. you know, get soap that you like the texture and smell of body wash, like get a scrub thing that you like and actually be thinking like these are my feet that I'm cleaning right now and they do a lot for me and these are my calves and what does it feel like? To run my hands up my calves and my thighs. And, you know, there may be parts of the body that they're not ready yet to sort of pay attention to. And you can just notice that, right? But there's little ways that we can be more in touch mm-hmm. with ourselves. Yeah. And and in recognizing that we've got this body, you know? Mm-hmm this body that's ready to engage with us and and give us pleasure.
1: And on that so that sex question the vaginismus mm-hmm. I liked what you're saying about I mean the part the I'm not really sure I remember exactly how you worded it but that you know My body's lined me, but instead it's actually your body's actually trying to tell you something. Right. Um, and for those who don't know vaginismus, maybe you can describe it a little bit better. It's a, it's a tightening of the uh, pelvic floor muscle, especially the vaginal canal. Right. Uh-huh.
2: So there's a ring of very strong muscle at the opening to the vagina, um, And what happens with vaginismus is that that muscle cramps mm-hmm. shut. Um, and it's pretty painful, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's not something that you can do on purpose, right? And so usually for someone, and often there's a history of trauma. Um, that's happening when there's uh, anything that might be inserted, right? Mm-hmm. So penetration is possible. So that can happen with somebody's using a tampon or going for a gynecological exam, as well as sex with a partner where penetration might mm-hmm. be part of it. Um, and vaginismus is just one variation of sexual pain. Mm-hmm. There's lots of other ways, but oftentimes people know about it because they you know literally can't have anything penetrate,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, because this, this question this person's asking, they said it hurts when they're on top, it hurts when they use sex toys. I um, yeah, can't use sex with any position except lying on their back because it's painful to insert. Otherwise, lube isn't seeming to help. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you manage this this thing? They want to be able to be intimate with other people, too.
0: And they were diagnosed with that, vaginismus? Um, doesn't or say they
1: say diagnosed, but they said that's they, what they yeah, assumed. It is. They yeah. can't be penetrated because the muscles contract too tightly. Right.
2: right. Yeah. yeah. So one I mean the first thing I would say to them I hope they're listening um is there is hope mm-hmm. right and this can change um and it is often um a it's a slower process of slowing down with yourself and doing mindfulness practices um i would encourage working with a coach or a sex therapist or a gynecologist who is aware mm-hmm. which unfortunately isn't always um super easy to find um I would also say that so vaginismus can become uh, come from a trauma history but there's also other sexual pain things that could be happening because of allergies mm. dermatological issues that are often missed in a regular gynecological exam. Mm. So anybody who's experiencing sexual pain of this kind or sexual functioning difficulties I'd say Go to a sexual pain doctor, Mm -hmm. which is different than your regular OBGYN. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Different training. Different
2: training, different doctors specifically. Um, And you may have to search a little bit, but but one, there could be things that could help in that way because you could be having an allergic reaction that's now causing pain that's now causing your body to tighten. Right? Um, Or it can be that, you know, there's a, there's a psychological reason why your body is tightening up and Mm -hmm. saying sex doesn't seem like a safe thing right now, in which case therapy helps with that kind of processing whatever beliefs, you know, it may not have been a trauma. Again, it could have been shaming beliefs, beliefs about sexuality, about your body, yourself, um, that you can process through and hopefully let go of, um, and then you get... You can order things called dilators, which are, you know, little things that go in very, very small range, like a Q-tip up to what would be considered sort of an average penis size Mm -hmm. or penetration size. Um, And you would do almost a meditation type practice, right, of relaxation exercises, knowing how to feel into your body, knowing how to breathe um, and walk through several stages of feeling comfortable with something potentially being... Inserted, Mm -hmm. right? If that's what somebody wants, the other thing that you can do is have all kinds of amazing sex where penetration isn't part of it, Mm -hmm. right? And I would say hopefully those things are happening concurrently. Like Mm -hmm. if you want to have penetration and you want to work on having less of this pain, you can work on that. And at the same time, be with partners or with yourself having other kinds of sexual pleasure. So that your body gets used to that and realizes, yes, this is available to me. I don't have to be scared of that either. Um, and just mm-hmm. enjoying, you know, with curiosity in
0: that way. I wonder if sexological body work would help, too. Potentially. It like re- yeah, so, um, I mean, depending on there's sexological you know,
1: bodywork Or we had Sarah, who, Dr. Sarah tan who's yeah. a pelvic floor specialist yes. who works with people with... With with vaginismus and all kinds of other issues too, but it's yeah. uh, some hands-on stuff and yeah. Um, so yeah, there is there is a lot out there. And the dilators um, we have, there's dilators. Pure Pleasure sells dilators mm-hmm. too. If you just look up dilator on purepleasureshop.com. y'all get fifteen percent off coupon code Shameless <laughs> Sex. Yes. Um, and so yeah, but I like that you're saying it's it's practice, it's slowness, slowness. it's kind of like uh, de- it's staying open to the like the, with the curiosity of the exploration, being patient, right. really listening yeah. to your body.
2: Yeah. And like we talked about before, psychologically, the same thing physically. Don't push through the pain, actually. Mm. You know,
0: use the that pain. That just cause more trauma.
1: Right. You know, if you're just like,
0: oh, I'm not going to listen to your body. Yeah. Or take like muscle relaxers or something. Or numbing not, Yes. That's the, always right. the tricky part because you think that maybe a cream that can help numb with lidocaine or something will be the answer. Right. Then you could just really do some permanent Damage or something that right, or if don't you don't know, want, if you're going to be hurting experience. the next
2: day, you know your body remembers that, yeah. you know, and, right. you, and there's the there's, body gets a score. <laughs> yes, so I mean, slowing down and saying pain is just a sign to stop. But what what happens a lot for people is they say like, oh, if I'm feeling pain, we have to stop all engagement. I like roll away from my partner. I mm-hmm. like stop all engagement with myself. And so what I talk to people about a lot is like, you actually don't have to stop the entire engagement. Stop mm-hmm. what you're doing that's hurting. And stay connected, mm-hmm. whether that's to yourself, touch yourself in other ways, right? St- touch, continues telling yourself, like, I'm here and this is okay. Or stay connected with your partner and do other things for a while. And you may also find that the pain shifts and mm-hmm. changes. Um, but pushing through it and tensing up around it, which is, I mean, that's our, our common impulse, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, tense up and push through. Um, it's, it's probably going to make it worse, actually, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: so there's this, I'm uh, moving on to another question that is reminds is of similar. Now, So this specific username, Josh. Josh asks, hello ladies, love the show. So I took much of your advice that I've learned since discovering your wonderful show. I created a, s- a safe environment and asked my wife of 10 years if she'd had some kind of trauma in her past when it came to giving blowjobs or handjobs. She isn't a very hands-on lover, which is the total opposite of me. She admitted that her ex-boyfriend didn't give her the option not to do these things. Mm. It was just expected. How do I help her overcome those traumas and help her be more intimate lover these days? I feel like I need those touching type experiences in my sex life. Thanks and hope to keep learning from you. Amazing chicks in the future. Mm-hmm. And I like this because now this is on the other side. Like like, how, how can a partner right. support?
0: I was totally really. that, exactly. similar to his partner. I had like a tra- trauma. Like pushing your head. Surrounding, and, yeah, yeah right. blowjobs. And it took right. a long time before I even could get over. Uh, and there wasn't anything I, I felt like the partner... Uh, could do yeah it was really me tapping into what was traumatic and then but I'm sure you'll have great advice it took some time
2: yeah and it took me saying
0: no a lot and then finally being like okay maybe I'll try it Mm -hmm. but as long as I know I don't have to right I want to do it on my own right and that's and it can't come in my mouth
2: that was like right. a whole thing had to tell them Yes. Yeah. Right. So I was like Knowing these are my things
0: yeah. if these if are my you do boundaries it, out. I'm out yeah. Yeah. yeah if you do it I'm gonna bite <laughs> <laughs> how do you like that just kidding that may <laughs> have know. trauma I'm no, like oh right. right, well let's, <laughs> not, let's not spread the trauma around but
2: I mean I think you're right like absolutely the first the very first thing is showing and getting this experience that you get to say no and you get to stop at any time
3: mm-hmm. yeah. without
2: without consequences which is you know a lot of times people are like okay we can stop but again like I'm going to roll over and like we're now like Fine. disengaged yeah. and um, stop without consequences. Yeah. Like I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to be curious about what's happening. We're going to talk about that's OK, which I understand is not like the sexual scenario that we all fantasize about, mm-hmm. but it will create this juicier, more you know exciting loving amy does connection. she fantasizes that's like her fantasy yeah. <laughs> she's thing. like oh that's turning me on. I that <laughs> shit. yeah i'm like
1: oh my god they're totally there for yeah. me <laughs> and my put is so wet right. well,
2: yes it does work that way also but you know so i think that you know first off just making it clear that you can and and that sounds easy i actually in therapy sessions practice with clients saying no, mm. you know, because it we we like. Oh, of course, I could say no. It's actually when it very comes down hard. to it. Yeah, it's, it's very th- hard <laughs> in the moment, and it you know people have to get over that fear of being rejected or feeling like they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in this this case, um, it does sound like the partner has been able to say no, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it, in working towards seeing one does does his partner have any interest in? You can't make them do <laughs> right? it, right? Yeah. Like, if they're interested in it, then what I would say is. um, take the focus off what we think of as a blow job, which is, you know, penis in the mouth, Mm -hmm. um, and say like, just start kissing other parts of the body, Mm -hmm. right? Like see what it's like to feel your lips on skin on penis, potentially of other parts of the body. Um, and and let it be a curious curiosity thing rather than there's a particular thing you have to do, mm-hmm. right? Like end goal, yeah, mm-hmm. or right. action, mm-hmm. right? With the partner getting to lead that, you know, no no pressure, no things like that, um, and then also like talking about, you know. Feeling objectified, which a lot of times is part of a trauma for somebody, right? Like I'm only wanted for this, mm-hmm. right? That's part of victimization, as you do become an object um, that's used, mm-hmm. right? In this way, and so sometimes the trauma work with couples is somebody talking about what it would mean to them and why they want something, mm-hmm. right? It's maybe it's not that you want a blowjob because you think women should do that, or you think your partner owes that to you, or whatever the story may be. It's that like it would make you feel like someone was really paying attention to you Mm
3: -hmm.
2: or or even just like this is a really intense pleasure and I miss it Mm -hmm. right but to be able to talk specifically about what sexuality means to them is often people are really surprised Mm -hmm. because we have these old kind of ugly cultural models about why people want the sexual things they do or what sex means and being able to be more open and honest about like people do want it because of a connection or because it will make them feel loved or because it, it feels good. Those things are easier to hear and they make it feel safer to want to offer it, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it isn't about being used or you know, something that you owe.
1: Yeah. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So
0: for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off check it out.
1: This podcast was also made possible by Uber lube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes. And there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uber lube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good.
0: So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com.
1: Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show
0: instead of i saw this on porn yeah and this, this is exactly is what, what i want right, what right? You're supposed to it's do like, when you're hey, in a relationship yeah. and yeah that's right. the tricky part so
1: okay. yeah and i like that part about making it like as the partner you so you're saying be more be share what you know what what it what it is what's the feeling for you why this mm-hmm. is important and then mm-hmm. Um, and then creating the safety of letting them know that they can stop at any time that you're not going to leave. You're not like, okay, will you stop? So now all play is off. It's like, and, and probably thanking them too, like, well, wow, thank you for listening to your body, for voicing your no, and mm-hmm. you know what else would you like right now, or like, or you know what are you needing right now, and still yeah. staying connected. Yeah. yeah, I think that would yeah. be really powerful. Whether that would that work for you with your trauma, mm,
0: I think setting exactly kind of the 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 game plan before going in not when you're naked in bed and it's starting to get set somewhat uh connected sexually and and it's like oh hey by the way can you do this for me now and mm-hmm. it's instead being like hey i just want you to know and i think for the for the the giver uh, person, so not the person that wrote in the email who would be receiving, but the person that's giving. Like, have a conversation before with the the partners between the partners, and then hopefully the person that is in the, the situation to potentially be the giver can state what they're comfortable with, and say like, hey, okay, look, I know this is really important to you. You've obviously already voiced that this makes you feel more connected to me or whatever it is, and uh, and I just want you to know I will maybe just lick mm-hmm. for a, a minute or two yeah. and then I want to stop or I want to kiss the inner thighs for a minute and then I want to go into a different experience with you. Mm-hmm. And that would I would feel totally safe if that were me mm-hmm. in that situation. I'd feel totally safe knowing and then if I wanted to keep going, I'm like this is actually not so bad. Or mm-hmm. or just kind like, of enjoying this. Yes. Or, yeah. and because you know I have to say after switching some things around my trauma and my brain and, and feeling like, okay no one's forcing me to do this. It's actually is pleasurable for this other person. I use a vibrator on myself a lot of times when I Mm -hmm. am doing, you know, a fellatio act. And so for me, I actually now have turned it in my brain to feel like I'm almost in a position of power and it feels really good to me now. I also do have to incorporate my own pleasure in it so I don't just get lost in the, in the, uh, the this situation and and caught up in their pleasure and if they're enjoying it right, right. so right. it's all about both of us the journey and um and I also am clear about the uh, no ejaculate in my mouth I'm like mm-hmm. you are welcome to let me know when you're going to come but I don't want it in my mouth and mm-hmm. and it hasn't been any sort of uh, uh, unattainable. Request. Right. It's always been uh, met with with um, an affirmation and a, and a thankful uh, for being open, like a, a, a thankful situation for being open. So I yeah. think that for this person, just ha- having the conversation, it has been ten years. So mm-hmm. I am curious as to if maybe they just are a hard no, and right. it's like mm-hmm. not there. They don't want to do that. Right. Uh, the hand job part, though, could be really. Fun. They could use the tanga the eggs or mm-hmm. certain, um, the sleeves to help them assist with a hand job. And it could right. be something that maybe might be a nice, uh, stepping stone to right. other. Well, and
1: getting away from the idea of hand jobs being one thing. It's like these, you, you know, I'm going to wank you off until you have an orgasm yeah. yeah. and like get away from hand jobs, make it an erotic massage. And like, oh, yeah. and you know, maybe your hand on the penis is like you were saying only, you know, for two or three minutes. And there's all these other things that are, available there too so just getting rid of these the, the idea that things have to be a certain way for a certain amount of time with an orgasm at the end
0: and there's if there's any breast owners that are not comfortable with hand jobs and blow jobs like it's fun to actually also utilize other parts of your body the ar- the armpit, armpit. yeah the ar- i remember in joy, yeah. the
2: original joy of sex yes there was like armpit utilization totally there's, uh, <laughs> there's some fun other yeah. things you can Neat. do to kind of
0: yeah. that isn't just P.I.V. sex or right. penis in anus or whatever it is. You right. know, there's a lot of different ways to incorporate some play. I just which, remember yeah, the,
1: per- the person that I'm seeing said that, likes armpit had, like, armpit sex. Yeah. Oh, God. I that. I'm pretty sure they said that. <laughs> yeah. You totally said that. You're Shout listening. Shout out right to now. you. You're listening. Yeah. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, and, and the other thing that I mean, there's there's lots of questions that come up with this, which is the great thing about actually you know seeing a therapist or a sex coach because you can really dive in, which is we don't know why his partner doesn't like to, yeah. to give those, you know. Um, and so I'd have a lot of questions about that. And what I find a lot is people, and, and particularly people with trauma, but actually all all people, um, feel like they don't get to say, "I have this particular boundary," or ask, like that might be fun if we showered first, right? But maybe not so fun at the end of the day. <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> right? maybe there's like a hair situation because that was
0: like a whole thing for me. Okay. I am such a right. with and hair in my mouth is like not right. a thing for me. So it was a lot of like the smells sometimes down there for me I was uncomfortable right. with. So right. there could be things that you're totally right that are not related to actually right. the act. It's mm-hmm. like the, the sur- possible surrounding environment that right. could be affecting the reason so that's a yeah. really good point that i didn't even think about like right. the hair like but there's big bushy hair that's not maintained for some people could be really hard manscaped right. and, and they don't yeah manscapes for sure
2: and it isn't like that there's one thing for everybody but it's just that that people don't feel like they have permission to ask for something that would make it easier for them right mm-hmm. right right and i you know and so a lot of that is is with partners that permission giving of like let's talk about what what you're you know what ups your sexual energy and what turns your sexual energy down mm-hmm. um brakes versus accelerators is is one of the ways we yeah, talk about yeah. that now in the field which is a great model right there's there's certain things that push your you know your brakes and they're different for everybody they're you know often not personal <laughs> they're not you know about your partner per se they're just how you know you're built for that period of time they can change Um, But if we feel like we don't have permission or it isn't okay to ask someone to make modifications for us, then that in itself makes sex scarier and more stressful and more of like a chore. Um, So giving people permission to say, you you get to say this and you Mm -hmm. get to be specific about what's working for you or not working for you or what makes you uncomfortable. Right, and then we can work it out together. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you can change your mind. Say what you're into right now, and then when we actually start. You can change, yeah. change your mind five seconds later, and that that's okay. And I'll be there with you.
2: Right, as long as you communicate that. Yeah, so just communicate. I'm not taking a yeah. clear way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ideally. <laughs> All
1: right, so we have this other question from a listener uh, who says, "Love your podcast. After listening to listening to five different sex." therapy podcast. I was lucky to find this one. It's very queer and disability inclusive, which is hard to find. I'm non-binary vagina haver, and I date women. I am in a relationship now with a woman, and the problem is that we both have sexual trauma. I have maybe never had an orgasm. First, I feel like I've tried everything, but I just can't come. Second, she is on SSRIs and has a hard time coming unless it's with a vibrator. The best sex I've ever had was with someone I kind of hated, and we had amazing kinky, sensual sex. I feel like I can't try to get my partner to have kinky sex because I don't want her to feel even slightly uncomfortable. I'm very protective of her feelings. I'd rather never come than hurt her at all. Help! It sounds like they want to explore some kinky sex too.
0: Mm-hmm. So okay. it was multifaceted. Which we questions. did talk about in the beginning that this was something because right. that is true they so they want kinky sex but they're afraid to ask their partner right yeah and Maybe, it, yeah yeah, yeah. afraid to, to, to damage them or yeah to, to make them fearful
2: right and so I mean I think one there's there's a conversation about just what turns each partner on yeah. there right that could happen um in terms of this is a fantasy this this fantasy turns me on because you know I think a lot of times people focus on You know, we don't know what particular kink this person is excited about, um, But they think, oh, that this is a a particular behavior that I'm asking my partner to do, and they don't want the behavior. Um, So I do a lot of fantasy work with people around, like, so when you imagine this scenario, this particular kink or, you know, whatever you're thinking you want to do, what is the feeling state that you're getting? Mm -hmm. Like, what is actually exciting about it? You know, so I would like – I have this fantasy about doing this because that would make me feel what, Mm -hmm. right? If you can – identify a feeling then there's lots of different ways to get to it right you can feel surrender without having to be tied up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you could play with dominance without having to tie someone else up mm-hmm. right or whatever the kink may be mm-hmm. um the other piece that i think is in there is sort of just thinking about oftentimes when people talk about kink what they're talking about is intensity Uh you know? i like that you mm-hmm. want more intensity mm-hmm. intense sensation like it isn't necessarily, you know, when people hear pain, they, they can be like, Whoa, oh, that's scary. Why would people want pain? Well, really what they want is intense sensation, mm-hmm. right? And in the context of particular sexual play or particular safety, it, it isn't experienced as pain necessarily. It's experienced as pleasure. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas in another context, if someone walked up to you and did that while you were doing dishes, it would be pain yeah. and probably annoying. You want to do the dishes. Right. Okay. So a lot of it is context. Mm-hmm. Right. And figuring out, like, we want to create a context in which intensity is something we can explore. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, I mean, that brings us back to, like, creating maybe a slower, more mindful context where things can get really intense um, well, they're actually very minor things that you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Um, you can have a really intense sensation of just like running pork fork tines down someone's the body. Pork <laughs> rinds? <laughs> pork <laughs> rinds. Uh, ride yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, you you can pork rinds. All kinds of intense <laughs> sensations <laughs> by being really present and really slow. Mm-hmm. and And within that context... If you're going slow, it usually feels a little safer mm-hmm. because someone has time to figure out whether they want to say stop, right? Um, or I'm comfortable or I want to change something. When things go fast is when it's hard, right? Bec- and a lot of times people think of these scenarios of having to be something that's very fast. Um, and they, you know, so I'd say think about being slower and more intense. Think about sensation play, right, of all different kinds, mm-hmm. Um Or, you know, minor, like, sensory deprivation is often a part of kink, you know, so it could be being bound so you can't use your arms or hands to touch or being blindfolded, right? There's ways to engage with sensory deprivation play Mm -hmm. that are milder, right? Like, just putting something, like putting um, a scarf across your eyes that you could brush off at any time and seeing what that does for you. Just closing your eyes, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so I think looking at that there's this broad spectrum of things that you could offer or consider, um, rather than that you have to come to your partner with a full fledged, like, here's the whole scene that I want to do. And like, this here's is my me. dungeon. Right. I actually have been hiding, <laughs> which is great if you've got that, you know, in your mind going, but like there's lots of mini steps that can give you similar excitement and similar play that, that might invite your partner in to the conversation a little more. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other thing that I would say, and I know it, you know, it's a little frustrating for people to hear is, you know, maybe orgasm isn't the goal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe that's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, the goal is to just be able to be curious with each other and explore and, um, you know, explore your bodies, explore what's, what feels good about them. What feels, you know, exciting, what, different toys you can play with and things like that yeah more about the
1: yeah the journey and maybe
0: this for this particular listener and their partner uh the conversation it could open with instead of like thinking maybe they have a a weird correlation between what they think kink is they could just call it sensation play or something Mm -hmm. different than a ball gag and right. Or some sort of, Hey, would you be interested in trying the sensation play and start again with the soft, something even soft touch to see. And that's still kinky. Yeah. And yeah. uh, yeah, And kind of evaluating it that way, because I think they're afraid to trigger Mm -hmm. their partner, which we don't know the level of trauma. It just seems like maybe reframing what kink is usually associated with for them would be easier.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and for this listener,
0: we don't know the level of conversation
2: that has or hasn't happened, mm-hmm. right? And so, a lot of times, people are afraid that someone will be triggered um, by something because of because they know their history of trauma. And actually, kink play can be a way to reclaim it yeah. and feel ownership over a particular sensation or, uh, or surrendering because you're doing it in a safe, trusting context. Mm-hmm.
1: This so, time, you're a- you're actually making the choices. You're calling the shots. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. And you get to again, like, be present and experience it, not in fear, mm-hmm. right? And let that shift into excitement or or just exploration. So, you never know, mm-hmm. right, until you ask, which is, you know, that yeah. whole communication yes. piece. It's a big <laughs> <I know. laughs> but, and so we don't know how what conversations have had, you know, mm-hmm. been had or not had for this listener. Um, and the question they, they said about SSRIs, the, so the episode we did, it was mm-hmm. came out in oh, yeah. July of
1: 2019. It's episode number 113 called Depression, Anxiety, SSRIs with Melissa here. Um, and so I'm sure we talked a lot about that, about how yeah. SSRIs affect orgasm and yeah. touch and pleasure. So for the listener, they can go back and check that one out because there's a lot of really good information about that. This is, you know, this is their partner that's experiencing that. Um, and I really love the part that you said about the orgasm piece that it was so, I mean, I can speak for myself, every time I'm set on it, I get in my own way and <laughs> it doesn't happen. You know, it's it's like, or it may be a will, but it's, it's when I like relinquish that that control or that need for everything to be a certain way, whether it's orgasm or anything else, then things actually happen. Or then I, and actually, this is something I, we April talked about sexological body work. Mm-hmm. Um, they, sexological body workers are really great for this hands on um, heal, they do hands on healing where they they can teach people to pay attention to those subtle sensations of the right. warmth and tingling that people are missing when they're just looking for the orgasm right. and i've experienced that in my sessions with them when i've been a client um where i was like oh my god i was totally missing that there is pleasure here mm-hmm. and it might not be like the big explosion that i hear that everyone is talking about or that i've experienced before but i've just been overriding it by looking for the thing and moving too fast right and right. so i love i love that just that we i feel like we could remind the listeners on every episode about this because <laughs> it affects
0: everyone about the journey and yeah it's not all about the orgasm it's yeah. not all about it's the
1: bonus it's you not know? about the
0: destination it yeah. is yeah. It's, uh, and that is so hard to even for me as a person that that loves sex and and loves to have an orgasm it's still not achievable every time i i have sex and yeah. And sometimes, even when I'm uh, solo masturbating with a toy that I've used, and I know I can have an orgasm with, it still doesn't happen the way that I think it will, or when it, when I want it to, right? So it's like, oh, you just never know what with your body and what's, what it's going to do. So right. enjoying the pleasure of your partner's, their body and the, the sensation, being in the moment, it's so. Yeah. That's the that's like the juicy gem stuff that is really helpful and important.
2: Yeah. And there's so much available there, right? Like so many variations of pleasure and connection with one another and things like that. So absolutely.
1: I, yeah, I, uh, we're getting close to time here. I was going to look up the other episode that you were on, to,
2: but I'm not finding. Oh, but it's we talked yeah. about boundaries versus edges.
0: Boundaries oh, versus edges. Yeah. Boundaries yeah. Versus, and that yeah. was that was the first episode we recorded yes. with you, yeah. which was last year. That was
1: probably 2018, probably. We've
0: been 18 and 19 yeah. and yes. now 20. Yeah, yeah. we're around that long. Yeah.
1: Is there so you? I mean, so you have a book too that helps people to work with their, yeah. all this stuff about sexual, we you describe that?
2: Yeah. So I wrote the conscious sexual self workbook. It's available on Amazon. Um, and it was really based on helping people work through their sexual history and the way that they've come to have different beliefs about sexuality or their bodies or what is expected of them. Um, and so it has journaling prompts throughout, um, working through sort of what was your childhood like? What did you learn about sex and bodies? And you know, gender and all of that stuff. Um, working through early partners and memories and things like that. It's not going to do standalone trauma work. You know, I think there's there's add-on stuff for that, but I do think it's a really good baseline for people to just start to sort of shake up those old foundations that may be limiting them a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's great for conversation with partners, like mm-hmm. because it does bring up these questions of sort of, wow, why do I believe this about? you know, the way the body works or why do I think sex is supposed to be this particular way? Um, And it can be good to go back and say, oh, right, because I learned that from this particular Mm -hmm. person or this particular experience and I can let that go. Right. But a lot of times we don't question where those things came from. Mm-hmm. And so the book is really designed to help people walk, walk through that and then come out hopefully with their own, you know, unique sexual beliefs and their own unique sexual experience of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
1: yeah so. Like and then your website, We just talked in the beginning, but how can people, so people can, people can work with you if they live in California, right? right? Then they can work with you and yeah. you just do in person, you do online within California too, or just in person? So Ideally just... in person okay. because
2: I work somatically. So I'm mm-hmm. really wanting to see people's bodies and, and things like that. Um, but I do have, um, I've directed the trauma informed sex positive therapy training program. Mm-hmm. So there's a website, long, long URL, mm-hmm. trauma informed sex positive therapy.com. Mm-hmm. And on there is a list of um, therapists who trained with me and they're all amazing resources. So if you're really looking for this kind of connection between someone who is aware of trauma can help with that healing, um, can help with pacing things for you in terms of doing trauma treatment who also have a real commitment to being sex positive and kink aware and poly aware and all of those things, all the therapists listed on there are great. So, mm-hmm. and they're all over and some of them do, um, some of them are coaches so they can do online work with people or telephone work with people. Mm-hmm.
1: So And your website, your other one is,
2: MF therapy.com. Okay. Yeah.
1: I and mean, this will all be it. We'll put this all this in the show notes here, everyone, too. But yeah. yeah. But
2: yeah no and reason. if you are in the Bay Area um, or Santa Cruz area, I'm going to do a workshop on um, pleasure as healing mm. um, coming up March 7th here in Santa Cruz. It's an afternoon workshop. It's 2020. 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah. 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 Um, so March 7th, and that's through Luminous Trauma Healing Center, which just opened here in town, which is oh, exciting. Awesome. Um, so Pleasure as Healing, looking at sexuality as a way, a path to your trauma healing. Mm. So, yeah, I well, think we just there. found
1: the name, can I call this podcast Pleasure as Healing? Yes, <laughs> sure. <All right>. Yes. <laughs> so we got it. I mean, there'll be other parts in there too, but I like yeah. this.
0: Well, this is awesome. Yes. This was so great and flowed, and we answered some awesome listeners' questions, mm-hmm. and I feel like we could have you on every month as our, <laughs> as our in-house therapy. Maybe yeah. our in-house therapist. Ooh. I'm yeah. happy to come anytime. It's super fun. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, to all of our listeners out there, we love you. Thank you Thank you for just being you and being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. You don't know how much we adore you. And oh, but
1: we do. I think
0: yeah. about you all every day. Usually when I'm using my magic wand. Mm. (laughs) And you know what I really get off on are five-star reviews on iTunes. Mm. So (laughs) if you feel the need and uh, have a free moment of your day, please rate Amy and I on iTunes. It just helps more people find us and get information about helping them heal their lives. So y'all, thank you. And ciao for now. We'll see you next Tuesday.
1: Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.